Aiden, stand up. What's up, my, my dude, my dude. Just did his first communion this morning, too, for the first service. So, yeah, really cool stuff. And uh, he comes, and, and so, yeah, if you, if you are new or, or you've never filled out a Connect card, see Aiden. He's got Connect cards for you. You can also download the New City Church app and fill the, the Connect card out there as well. So, um, man, we're happy to, happy to have a lot of new folks. Love to see some of the folks that I haven't seen in a while. Mama Mary Brown's in the house. Mama Donna Hernandez is in the house. Love you guys. I know uh, that there's been uh, pain and sickness and things like that and different folks uh, going on. Uh, Patrick, our, our youth pastor, just came up to me and said, I have got I feel like i got a word from the Lord. Uh, just if you do whatever you want to with it. And uh, he said, uh, the Lord's saying, be healed. And so... I don't know what all that all that means, but I'm not going to pass on a, a prophetic word and, and just keep it keep it at uh, at bay. Amen, right, Patrick? Um, love you, man. Love you. Appreciate you sharing that with me too. So, you know, um, you have the permission to be healed. I don't know if you might have thought about it like that, but you know, a lot of times people, oh, God won't heal me, knowing what I've done, that kind of thing. Um, you have the permission to be healed. We believe that not just pray for healing. We believe that God actually does heal. And so we want to make sure that uh, that you understand that. Amen? All right. Right on. Right on. A couple of quick announcements uh, that I want to share with you guys. We have uh, something that we do every year right, on, right around this time is, uh, is the Annie Armstrong offering. If you're not familiar with what Annie Armstrong offering is, Annie Armstrong was a missionary. Uh, she actually she supported missionaries for most of her life, um, you know, lived up to about 100 years ago or so, and and we still to this day in uh, in uh, recognition of what she did, we do an offering for the missionaries around uh, around the country, around the world. Uh, we give to that fund, and what we're asking people to do is to, uh, if in, in addition to your regular tithes and offerings, we're asking for you to pay and uh, and contribute twenty dollars per person in your household uh, to the Andrew Armstrong offering to continue doing this maniac uh, missionary and church planning thing we do uh, all around the world, not just here at New City, but, uh, but all over the place. So uh, I, I love, uh, love, what, uh, love what God is doing in those church planning efforts and missionary efforts, and so we just uh, appreciate that very much. Also, uh, April 24th, if you're interested, and by the way, I'm doing the announcements today because my man Dustin is uh, with, our, with our guy uh, Don Hamilton, who is launching his church today. We are the sending church for... Uh, Don Hamilton Church called Veer. Some people were like, hey, I thought that was going to be a new city campus. We had talked about that, and that was one of the plans. But God really laid on Don that he wanted to be a Veer church, and we're just as supportive as if he were a new city campus because that's what we do. We got a, actually a couple of new churches that are starting. Uh, Veer is launching today. So I've got our church planter residents going and seeing that guy and uh, seeing what actual church launch day is going to be out. So that's why uh, Dustin is, is not here today, but uh, we got to actually, uh, Elder Daniel is uh, actually out there helping with worship that, uh, for, the, for that veer too. So we are supportive of the uh, church plants, even if they're not a new city church uh, campus, but it's kind of neat. But we are having um, City Walk April 11th. Uh, if you are new and want to find out what this bonkers church is all about, if you're on Facebook, if you want to come by after the uh, uh, second service uh, on April 11th, next week is Easter, and I'll talk about that here in just a second. But April 11th, we have a, a connect or a, a city walk, which is our our new member class, if you will, or people trying to find out what's going on, what you're about, want to want to meet the, uh, the the leadership of the church. 
I'll send you out a video of our mission, mission, vision, and values, that kind of thing, so you can have that ahead of time. But we'll connect, we'll eat, and uh, we'll be good, good to go. And uh, finally, uh, if you are familiar with what we did with our SEEK plans uh, last year, one of them was a parent workshop that uh, Alicia in Kid City is putting on. And a parent workshop is not a workshop designed to learn how to parent. It really is for the health and well-being of the parent themselves. And so it's kind of a how do you, you know, how do you work through things as a parent? How do you live a balanced life? Those kind of things. It's a really, really good deal. The cool thing is because of our SEEK offering we did in November, we're able to offer this for free as part of the deal. Hey, man, it's really, really cool stuff. So, you know, rather than having to charge for that. So uh, before we get started in the message, let me, uh, let me share with you this quick video. If you haven't seen The Chosen, highly recommend you, get, you watch it. Uh, it, is a, it is a free series. You can actually contribute to it so other people can watch it for free. But we do uh, have a small clip from when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus on the rooftop. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? <sighs> I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, and she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. One of the things I really like about uh, The Chosen is the way it depicts Jesus uh, in this. I, I have when I became a uh, follower of Jesus and not just a Christian. Uh, by, by that I mean I, I, I totally sold out and became a Jesus freak about 20 years ago when I found out that all the prophecies written about Jesus were true. It was weird. It was awesome. I was like, holy smoke. And he actually rose from the dead, that kind of thing. It's incredible, right? One of the things that I, I, I have aspired to do is try to find out what Jesus was really like and you can find out in the scriptures but the way that they portrayed Jesus as a, not only gentle but but tough at the same time I like you know this guy that came in the form of a man this God that comes in the form of a man 2,000 years ago is the is the most wonderful most amazing and the biggest bad mamma jamma you'll ever see that ever walked the face of the earth somebody say amen come on somebody like this is like if I could help you understand who Jesus actually is and what he's like, right? You'll understand him in a better way because yeah, he's our friend. Yes, he's our Lord. Yes, he's our judge. Yes, he's our he, man. He's the lover of our souls. 
all that, right? Like he's this amazing, incredible balance. Some people portray Jesus honestly as a religious guru or a, a smiting judge or either that or he's kind of like a, you know, a, a hippie sitting in a lotus position burning incense saying everybody live at peace. I mean, depending on who you talk to, Jesus is somebody else, but the, the scriptures are really clear about what he's like, right? He's tough. He's gentle with people that are the religious types that want to want to like 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 make everybody do stuff and make everybody conform to the way they they worship and that kind of thing. Many tore him up, and those who didn't know him yet and were were victimized by those religious people. Man, he loved them gently. It was an amazing thing to see, and I think sometimes we've got to be kind of a understanding of that that grace that Jesus came with. We got to help administer that. But then he also came with truth. we got to help people understand all that too, right? And some of us are so focused on one or the other that we forget that Jesus came full of grace and truth. Amen. And so I want us to be thinking about that. You know, last week uh, we talked about, actually uh, Dustin gave a real cool message on what it means to, to be prepared, right? Uh, for the coming back of Jesus. And we hear that a lot. And, never, you know, we, we kind of intellectually know that. But do we really understand what this means? Do you guys remember the beginning of last year, before COVID hit and everything like that, we did this series called Mrs. Jesus. Who is, how many people were here for that? So, yeah, really cool. We got a lot of new faces that weren't here for that. So let me explain what it was about. Because we put Mrs. Jesus on the sign. I'm literally at a meeting in Overland Park and somebody comes up to me and says, you the pastor of New City? Well, uh, yeah, we have a, the, the, our campus in Edgerton. Maybe we're rocking, baby. Yeah, that kind of thing. You know, he goes, dude, what's this thing about Mrs. Jesus? He goes, are you trying to feminize Jesus? What's this up? I got, I'm getting calls about it. Man, what's this New City church? Right? They had no idea. It was so awesome. What we were talking about was that, that the bride of Christ is the church, and we're to be prepared for the groom to come back. One of the things that... The grooms would do potential grooms to be in the early uh, in the early first century Jewish culture was what they would do is they would if if it was a guy that wanted to marry a gal he would get, take a cup of wine to her she would take it and if she drank from it she accepted that proposal what he would then do is go to his father's house prepare a room for his, he he and his bride when his father said the house is or the room is ready. He would go back and pick up the bride. That's what Dustin was talking about, being ready, right? Now, notice what Jesus said, in my Father's house are many what? Rooms, and I must go and prepare a place for you. Has, so when it comes to him being the bride or the groom and us, his followers, his church being the, the bride, we've got to be ready for that. And I love how Dustin wove that into what it meant to, to be prepared for the groom to return. But this is constant marriage language when it comes to communion, when it comes to the Last Supper. These things are essentially marriage proposals. Jesus is like, will you take this cup? And if you take it, you're going to be part of his bride. Amen. So let me read it to you in Mark 14, starting in verse 1. Check this out. I love this. And this is after he talked about the end times, which we talked about last week. He said, after... Two days it was the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The chief priests and scribes were looking for a treacherous way to arrest and kill him. 
Not during the festival, they said, nor or there may be rioting among the people. Now, this is like kind of like, well, but yeah, there may be rioting. Nobody wants that. But actually, in the early first century Roman Empire, those officials that were in, in, in charge, if they had a riot, they got in trouble. If they, that's why you see Roman guards uh, during that time, and I think the chosen actually depicts this very well. They'll be knocking people's noggins like, hey, disperse, hey, get out of the way. If, they, if all of a sudden you got a crowd starting for whatever reason, disperse, disperse, because they didn't like that. So that's one of the reasons they got in a, a lot of trouble, the leadership of the church did, or the, the early Jewish leadership as well as the Roman leadership got in trouble if there was some riots going on. Verse 3, while he was in Bethany, at the house of Simon, who had a serious skin disease. Now, this is weird because you're not supposed to be around somebody with a serious skin disease. But Jesus can go into a house because he's the healer. He's the answer. He's the solution, right? This is why it's like people like, hey, they were supposed to actually, uh, you're talking about it was more than six feet, Okay. When somebody had a serious skin disease, it was more than social distancing. It was social outcasting. And here's Jesus in this dude's house, right? Which is, when people read that and they go, oh, yeah, serious skin disease. It's kind of cool. Well, that, that culture was radical, right? But Jesus is the answer. I wonder if this is why the word has come as saying, hey, be healed, right? I don't know. I don't know. The word says that a lot. As he was... Uh, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar of and poured uh, 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 an alabaster jar of pure and expensive fragrant oil of nard. I don't know what nard is. It sounds kind of funky. It's the name. You know, it's like thinking, it sounds weird. You can make jokes about it and that kind of thing. But anybody know what nard smells like? Okay, cool. Me neither. How about some of them said, oh, yes, I have some right here. It'll be like, awesome, man. Let's pass it around, right? Because I'm curious too, right? But I don't know what it is, but apparently it was very expensive and very, very good stuff. She broke the jar and poured it out on his head. Oh, here come the religious people, though. Here they come. But some were expressing indignation. You, ever, you, you, know, you know, someone who's indignant, they got this face. How dare she? Listen to what they said. They get expressing indignation to one another. Why has this fragrant oil been wasted? Now, I've got to do this voice because every time I see these guys, I'm like, man, I've, I've actually heard these kind of people in real life. Verse 5, for this oil may have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. Y'all know what I'm talking about, Right? Y'all know, yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're church just waiting a bunch of money. We're just going to do this and do this and do that. That's why I don't go to church. We can, we can spend all that money we do on this and that and that, and we can go give it to the poor, right? Do you realize the church gives more to the poor than anybody in history? We do already, right? Because like, like I love being part of the church when I found out the church actually helps marriages to be restored, helps addictions to be conquered, helps people to be fed, builds wells all over the world. I mean, I'm like, dude, we do a lot, right? There ain't nothing to be ashamed for. Being the bride of Jesus is awesome, right? Nobody comes close to, to what we do. There are some 
people that are unbelievers that try to even mimic some of those things. But when we do it in the name of Jesus, there is nothing that's going to stop us. Right? At the same time, when we do something different, you will always have the naysayers come by and go, how oh, dare you guys do that? That could have been done this way or that way. Why are you going to build an early learning academy when that money can be spent to give to the poor, give to the homeless, give to those downtrodden, give to the City Union Mission? We can do all kinds of things with that money. Why are we going to have an early learning academy? It's for the gospel, baby. So that God can, so that God can be shown in ways that, that may not show up. Now, I'm not saying we don't go to the to the food pantries. Keith, man, I love the fact that you go to food pantries. Like that every other week, is that, you still doing that? Or is they kind of shut down for some stuff? Or Yeah, so they're still up and running. You guys, you and your, you and your buds, man, are like hanging out, like helping. You've done some remodeling. You've done some, like all kinds of stuff, right? We do those things, yes. But at the same time, we don't somehow think that's more superior than other ways of expressing our adoration of Jesus. Come on, somebody. You with me? Like we got to understand this, right? There's a lot of ways to express our, our desires. I, I see so many Christians a lot of times get so pigeonholed in this, I've got to do this and i got to do that because it's what a Christian is supposed to be. And what we're supposed to do is what Jesus says for us to do because he's our Lord, he's our boss. No matter what expression that is, that's where you're supposed to roll. Amen. Then Jesus said, after this indignation, religious kind of thing, he said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you, and you can do what is good for them whenever you want. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body in advance for what? Burial. Whew. So I heard people, some, it's funny because there's this question posed. Uh, you think Jesus knew he was going to die? Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty obvious, right? Like, like when, you, when you have all those scriptures that were written about him hundreds of years prior to him coming to saying that he's gonna die that he goes to the religious guys say you study those scriptures as if, as if those will save you but those scriptures are about me yet you refuse to come to me to have life he knew it's funny man because people are like i wonder if jesus actually knew what it was yeah like we're gonna he's gonna share why he knew watch this i assure you Wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, that what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. And what are we talking about today? Her, right? He's right. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to hand him over to them. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him silver. Specifically in Matthew, it, it says it was 30 pieces of silver, which was a prediction from the Old Testament. This is still blows my mind. I can't get over it. So he started looking for a good opportunity to, to betray him. And we'll talk a little bit about more of the details of some of these things on the, at the Good Friday service. We've got the Good Friday service this week. We're going to have it outside. I think the weather's supposed to be nice, 630. We've got... Sunday morning, which is our Super Bowl for church, right? Uh, right here, we're going to have a, an outside service, a sunrise service at 7 o'clock. 
then three services, 8.15, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. Invite, invite, invite. And we understand what happened with Jesus who rose from the dead. At this time, these, these folks are still trying to figure it out, even though Jesus said it's going to happen. On the first day of, the, of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and prepare the Passover so you may eat it? So he, went to two of, he sent two of his disciples and told them, go into the city and a man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him and where, whenever, wherever he enters, tell the owner of the house, the teacher says, where is the guest room for me to eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready. Make the preparation for us there. So the disciples went out, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. When evening came, he arrived with the twelve. And while they were reclining and eating, Jesus said, I assure you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. Now, they were all eating with him, so they're probably all like, not me, right? In fact, that's what they said. That's kind of the natural thing. They all began, they began to be distressed, verse 19, and say to him one by one, surely not I. And he said to them, it is one of the 12, the one who is dipping bread with me in the bowl. So I think they were all doing that, right? For the Son of Man will go just as it is what? Jesus knew. He's already been written down. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be, have been better for that man if he had not been born. See, what Jesus is talking about, and, and there's other references to this betrayal, but this Psalm 41.9, it says, Even my friend in whom I trusted, the one who ate my bread, he raised his heel against me. Verse 22. As they were eating, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them and said, Take this, this is my body. And then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and so they all drank from it. They took that marriage proposal and said, Yes. And he said to them, This is my blood that establishes the marriage it is shed for many and I assure you I will no longer drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it in a new way in the kingdom of God after singing psalms he went out to the Mount of Olives and all God's people said amen here's what I want to do we have a new way of doing some communion. We might need some more. I don't know. I want to show you. I'm going to try not to spill my coffee there. We have a, I think it's a little bit more uh, COVID friendly. But this cup that we're going to have has a unleavened bread in the, like it's a, a real thin film on the top 
And then when we have juice, you can peel the foil off. Just give some instructions because I had people look at them like, what do we do with this? And we thought about actually putting them on people's seats. But as soon as we did, we knew somebody would walk in with white pants and sit on one, right? And then we got to dry clean and do it and all that kind of stuff. But I don't want us to uh, miss this opportunity. And so what I want us to do is to, to, to really, I'm going to reread this and, and lead us through communion. But I'd like to take a couple of minutes and just like examine your heart and your mind. I've been teaching a lot of guys recently about, about the heart, right, and about, about the, the whole connection between, man, intellectually understanding and even being able to teach the understanding of Scripture. It's all about the heart um, being right. Uh, it's really, really a, a, it's a fool's errand. I'm reading First Timothy 1 where it says the goal of our instruction is love, right? It's not understanding. It's not knowledge. Think about Psalm 51 after David confessed all the sins he had. And at the end, he said, create in me a pure heart, O God. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And so when we start thinking about what the heart means, when, when what we really believe, right? And not just intellectually believe like, like Satan believes, but I'm talking about like in our hearts, we love Jesus. Greatest human to ever walk the face of the earth. And, and the only God that ever existed. And so take a few minutes. When you are ready, come grab a cup and I'll lead you through communion.
was me, sorry. And if you're at home on, on our live stream, um, you know, it's uh, really hard to prepare for this. And, you know, I think there's a lot of grace. I mean, some of you may, may say, okay, I can find some grape juice and some unleavened as much as I can. And, and so find what you can on and join us in that. I, I appreciate that a lot. We have... Um, and our online stuff has just been crazy. Um, you know, so we've got to figure out how to do communion online too. But I mean, it's just <laughs> Pete's our Pete's heading up our online efforts and stuff. It's just been blowing up like crazy. It's been it's been wild. But I want to read this too, and I and I pray. I, I did have I, I love this because I, I, first service I had somebody come to me and says, "Hey, I'm not 21 yet. Can I can I go?" I'm like, "Yeah, go." You know. And then, then he comes up to me and he says, dude, that's the first alcohol I've ever had. I'm like, oh, no, dude, this is grape juice. <laughs> so just letting you know, what an awesome story. I love that. So he's like, hey, so bad. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have a call from parents. Uh, um, I just thought maybe at his church you couldn't do it till you're 21. I don't know. That's the way I think it. Um, and I had somebody just now say, hey, I've got a reconcile with somebody, you know, um, I need to, I got some things going on in my, my church, uh, that I need to reconcile with, I'm like, okay, dude, that'd be awesome, you know, I remember that, I had to go make a, I had to go settle an argument with a friend of mine, uh, one time a few years back, and so just, man, make sure our hearts are, are right when we, when we take this, so, verse 22 again, and we'll take the, the thin film off first. As they were eating, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, gave it to them, and said, Take it, this is my body. Father, we thank you for sending your son. On that day that your son's body was broken, I know, can't imagine the pain you went through. Um, and, you know, if you, I get, as a someone who teaches your word, I get asked questions a lot like, why did you do what you did? And I really don't have a good answer other than you just love us. That's. And even in that, it's such a, an inadequate uh, explanation because we can't in, in even can't even express the, the the vastness of your love. And we thank you for that. And we thank you, Jesus, for being obedient, so that we not only are saved from hell, but we get to be with you in heaven and have a full understanding of what we're long what we're longing. When we see you face to face. Verse 23. Then he took a cup. And after giving thanks. He gave it to them. And so they all drank from it. Which is interesting. Even Judas. And they said to them. This is my blood that establishes the. Covenant. Marriage that is shed for many 
Holy Spirit, we thank you for remaining with us, Father. The sun has ascended. And when we get to get to pray to the Father through you by this work of the Son that he has done on the cross, his body's been broken, his blood has been shed through you because of the Son to the Father, we pray. It's an amazing thing. I know a lot of us have a struggle understanding um, that we're priests. Um, and not that we have a white collar or anything like that, but, but we have a direct connection to you because of what your son did. And we thank you for that. rejects Jesus, even though Jesus claimed that one of them will, he goes, you guys will all, listen to what he said, verse 27, that Jesus said, all of you will run away because it is written, I'll strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, that after I have been resurrected, I will go ahead of you to Galilee, Peter told him, even if everyone runs away, well, certainly not. For this intimate moment, this accepting of this covenant, this he goes, man, you guys are all going to run, and they did. And we'll talk about some of that at the Good Friday service and all those things. But Peter told him, if, even if everyone runs away, I certainly will not. And I assure you, Jesus said to him, today, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you'll deny me three times. But he kept insisting, if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. They all said the same thing. Is that right, right, fellas? Right, right, right? We all went, no, man. Jesus is always right. So a couple quick questions. Before we head out and uh, he's going to lead us out. And time of prayer over those that are, that are sick. We just came up with that. Not part of the service is something that the Lord's saying that we've got to do it, right? Um, here are my questions on it. Do your words and your actions match up? You know, we hear all the time that, oh, you're one way on Sunday morning, you're a whole different way on Monday morning at work, you know, that kind of thing. Some of us are one way on Sunday morning and we stay the exact same way during the week and everybody applauds it and go, yeah, man, that's right. But my question isn't, what do you do that matches up? Do what you do and your heart match up? It's a big difference, doing good things with a pure heart and doing good things with a dark heart. They can both be done. And they can both look godly. But this is a matter of the heart, amen. Second question, what are ways that we have denied Jesus in our heart of hearts when we've had the opportunity to express his name and we've decided not to. Now, there may be some the Holy Spirit-driven kind of hesitation, discernment type thing. Awesome. But if you're scared, it's a sin. It's a sin. Jesus said there is no fear in love. 
perfect love cast out all fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of or a spirit of fear or timidity, but of love and of power and self-discipline. And since I always like to leave on a good note, positive note, what are ways that we have adored Jesus, adorned Jesus and adored Jesus? How have we poured oil on his head? And I'm not talking about, yeah, man, I passed that Facebook meme that says, if you love Jesus, pass this on. I'm not talking about that. It's all, I mean, it's good. But I'm talking about it in your heart. Like, man, this has been hitting me really, really hard um, with a lot of guys that have done some great things in ministry and their hearts, man, are, we're discovering that they're not as, you know, Nothing bad has happened. It's been a great, great few sessions with some guys, right? Where we're starting to realize, hey, and my heart's not where it needs to be for them anymore. Amen. I want us to take this week, take a half an hour and ask yourself those three questions. Do my words and my actions match up? What are ways I've denied Jesus? What are ways that I have adored Jesus? Take that time. As Pete leads us out, if you you need to head out, that's totally cool. If you need some prayer, that's totally cool. We're here. Father, we love you. We're amazed, completely amazed by you. We raise this hallelujah to you. How amazing it is. Father, we are um, in all of you. We are humbled. We are excited. We are filled. We are, through you, powerful. Without you, we're nothing. And so we're thankful for what you have allowed us to be. But, but it is nothing without you. And Father, uh, those of us that are suffering in different ways, This isn't a faith healing service. This is just simply faith in you. And so we're asking for your healing before your Holy Spirit to come and just consume us. Any oppression from the spiritual realm, Lord, we ask that you block it and cast it out. We love you and we thank you. We praise your name and accept your healing. Jesus' name. With enthusiasm, everybody in here said, online said, amen.